Welcome to this video Bible class. Let's be ready to study the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 17 through 22, concluding our study of 2 Timothy and putting us in position to begin Titus next time. There is an emotional dynamic presence in this passage that is gripping and touching. Paul knows his time on earth is short. While he is ready to die and be received into the presence of the Lord, there are human attachments and relationships dear to him and comforting to him in his last days. And Paul, the great apostle, is not hesitant to ask for people to visit him. Also at work in these words of Paul, his concern for Timothy and other Christians that the work of the Lord might continue. So we're going to cover verses 17 through 22, but for the sake of continuity, I want to go back and begin the reading at verse 9. So I'll read 9 through 22, and then we'll go back and cover verses 17. Through 22. We hope you have your Bible open, 2 Timothy 4. I'm beginning the reading at verse 9. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila, and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who was ill at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you. So that's the reading of 2 Timothy 4, 
9 through 22. We studied 9 through 16 in the previous video, so our starting place now is verse 17, where I want to stress the first phrase, the Lord stood by me. When you make good friends and you build healthy relationships with Christians, it would be nice to have a guarantee that this person will never disappoint you, will always be there for you, and will supply exactly the comfort and friendship you need consistently. Such guarantees are not printed, not signed, and do not reflect reality that people can change. People who have made good choices can turn, fall into bad choices, and not be steadfast, or worse, turn against you. We have an example right in this context of Demas who deserted Paul, having fallen in love with the world. It is disturbing. You cannot assume that all of your present brothers and sisters will always be there for you forever. There is no such guarantee. Here's what Paul knew he could count on, and it's in that first phrase. The Lord stood by me. Christians have this guarantee, this assurance about the Lord, that even if everybody should turn out to be hypocrites, and that will not be the case, but even if everybody turned out to be hypocrites, the Lord will stand with you and strengthen you. If all your friends leave, and that will not be the case, but should it be the case, God will still be there. Paul, at his first defense, had no one with him but the Lord. What we get from this today is obvious. God is faithful to strengthen us and see us through dark hours when it seems like or may be the case that nobody stands with us. Now, before we leave verse 17, we cannot miss what I call a purpose phrase. And purpose phrases in the Bible are often introduced by words like this, so that. And here we have, so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The presence of the Lord with Paul and the strength given to Paul wasn't just to make Paul feel better. Through all the New Testament account of the life of Paul, there is this higher purpose at work, that the gospel be proclaimed, that all people might hear it and be urged to obey it. So the Lord stood by Paul and gave him strength and rescued him, not just for the comfort of that one man, but here's the purpose phrase, so that the message might be proclaimed. So here we begin our study. The Lord stood by me, verse 17. The Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Verse 18 reflects Paul's confidence as he faced execution. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think it is critical here to observe what Paul did not say. He did not say the Lord will not let me die. He did not say the Lord will deliver me from Nero and enable me to go back into the world with the gospel. This is about Paul's joy and conviction. The Lord would take him safely away from evil, away from his pain and persecution, where to? To a heavenly home. And this caused Paul to praise God. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. What a stunning expression of faith that we can have. Remember that this composure was not infused into Paul apart from his will or choice. Faith in Christ gave him this kind of hope. Faith in Christ gave him this hope that we are able to have. Verse 19, we are reminded of one of the most powerful married couples in New Testament times that we have record of Prisca and Aquila or Priscilla and Aquila. When you read through the New Testament and you get into the book of Acts, here are these two Christians working together to teach Apollos, to help start the work in Corinth, and now they are in Ephesus, and they are later mentioned in Rome. They were tent makers. But as they worked and traveled, they took their faith in Christ with them everywhere. What a splendid example of a Christian couple. Onesiphorus is mentioned earlier in 2 Timothy. We do not have good background information on him. He was apparently among those who were close to the Apostle Paul. Erastus remained at Corinth, and Paul said, I left Trophimus, who was ill at Miletus. This tells me wherever Paul went, he got to know people. If Paul had a contact list, it would have been large, not just in number, but large in quality. And I get the idea. He wanted to mention everybody. He didn't want to leave anyone out. This becomes a window into the heart of the man, the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote to Timothy, I'm at verse 21 now, do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. Twice in this context, Paul said to Timothy, do your best, verse 9 and verse 21. Paul doesn't say, um, if you get around to it, there is urgency, wanting to see Timothy one more time. And the expression, before winter has to do with travel in the ancient world. There was little travel during the winter season. And then finally, 
The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. By the way, some of you know this passage contains what we usually say down here in South Texas. Every spring, when our winter people leave, we say to them, do your best to come before winter. That's not the context in 2 Timothy, but it's what we like to say to people we love to see. So that's the conclusion of 2 Timothy 4. And what I wanted to do now was take us to six highlights, a review of 2 Timothy through six highlights. I'll do these briefly. There are six of these. I want to talk to you again about this key phrase when we consider what God said through Paul to Timothy, guard the deposit. Here is a word that came up many times in our study of both 1st and 2nd Timothy, and it conveys to us the concept of stewardship. That's such an important biblical concept. It means simply something has been put into your hands, into your life, and you are responsible to handle it carefully and dispense it faithfully. Uh, there is never anything in Scripture that even implies, here's the gospel, do with it as you please, change it if you'd like, never. Paul received the gospel plan from God. Timothy had this deposit through Paul, and we will be talking soon about Titus. Those men and anyone today must handle the message as something God has given with care and faithfulness and no authority to edit or revise at all. It says over in 1 Peter, all of us are to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Number two, entrust the message to faithful men. This is what Paul said to Timothy back in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I take this to be an example of what preachers need to be doing all the time and what every Christian ought to support, finding and nurturing good men who can carry on after the old ones are gone. I know we may not be comfortable with the words recruitment and training, but can I show you, in this context, Paul speaks of soldiers being a good soldier. I think we cannot be indifferent to the needs of the future. The Lord's army must continue after the old soldiers are gone. We need to find young men and train young men and give them every encouragement to step up and prepare themselves for battle. I mentioned when we were in chapter 2, 24 to 26, the qualifications of an evangelist. When young men want to get ready to become gospel preachers, this tells us what their focus ought to be. Let me go back and read some of that in 2 Timothy chapter 2. You'll remember this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, 
but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So when churches take a man into their work as an evangelist, this tells the church what to look for in those prospective men. When men work in this area of stewardship faithfully, this tells us their conduct needs to be supported and commended. Number four, rely on inspired scripture. I know you remember this because I, I think many of us memorized this when we were younger in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God made a choice long before we came into existence to reveal himself to us through nature and to reveal his will to us in written form. If God had not done this, we would be guessing. We would have to make it up as we go. God in his grace saw fit to reveal his will to us in written form. Let us use his word to guide us and motivate us and lead us out of sin to him through Christ and to heaven. What is the preacher to do? Well, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, his work is described. You remember we talked about this as the preacher's job description. Preach the word. To preach is to proclaim, to deliver a message, not just any message, the only message God has given, his word. It is vital to connect everything in this context. So at the end of chapter three, God breathed and out came his written will. What is to be done with it? Preach the word. And then number six, do your best to come to me soon. Come before winter. Throughout this epistle, especially this final chapter, Paul's friendship and affection for Timothy is apparent. It is commendable. For us, this relationship is not just insightful in some academic way. It teaches us. It affords us a good example of healthy companionship that is valuable for the people involved. But in a larger sense, a favorable factor in advancing the Lord's cause. The old preacher, young preacher relationship can work well for the people involved and for the Lord's cause. Before you come back to view the next video, read the book of Titus. Thank you for joining us in this video Bible study.